In the spirit and celebration of the Beijing Summer Olympics, ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals, is happy to present this month's special series, Focus on Sports Medicine. It's an array of sporting events, many occurring simultaneously in sites and cities across the nation. The 2008 Olympics in China present an extraordinary challenge in terms of providing health care to injured athletes and suddenly ill spectators alike. What are the biggest challenges of providing care in this setting? You are listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to a special segment, Focus on Sports Medicine. I am your host, Dr. Mark Nolan Hill, Professor of Surgery and Practicing General Surgeon. Our guest is Dr. Bert Mandelbaum, Practicing Orthopedic Surgeon and President of the Santa Monica Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Research Foundation in Santa Monica, California. Dr. Mandelbaum has also served as Chief Medical Officer for the 1999 and 2003 Women's World Cup of Soccer. Welcome, Dr. Mandelbaum. Pleasure to be here. We are discussing the responsibilities of a chief medical officer at major sporting events. Dr. Mandelbaum, describe for us, if you would, some of your duties as chief medical officer of the Women's World Cup. Well, I think in managing a major event like a World Cup or Olympic event, there's a lot of issues that really start from what are your objectives. The first part is how do you prevent problems overall? The second part is how you deal with injury and illness. The third part is how do we keep the whole event drug-free? And I think a combination of these issues in maintaining the highest level of performance are really the tenets of how one needs to set up the program in, in a very comprehensive way, utilizing a wide number of specialists and generalists from athletic trainers general physicians, sports physicians, orthopedic surgeons, traumatologists, emergency physicians, and the like. So it's a very comprehensive system, but the umbrella is really this integrated effort focused on the objectives of prevention, injury care, and illness care, and then lastly, how to keep the athletes performing and be drug-free. What are the qualifications needed to become a medical director of this kind? Well, I think that anybody who has spent time in sports, being a team physician, I think the first issue is I think you've had to spend a good amount of time understanding the athlete, the dynamics between athletes and teams in major events and understanding how all of these aspects are integrated overall. You know, for me, it was the opportunity to work with the U.S. national teams and go through several World Cups as a team physician allowed me to see these aspects in full view. Dr. Mandelbaum, how were you selected for this position? Well, early on in my career, I, I spent time being a team physician, and ultimately, when the opportunity came up for the position in 1992 for the World Cup here in the United States in 1994, I applied and, and fortunately received it and been there ever since. In the context of the upcoming Olympics, how do you deal with the major concerns of managing multi-site, multi-city national events? It seems overwhelming. Well, I think that you only can do it if you have large-scale integration. And this Olympics in China is one that's going to be integrated between, obviously, the International Olympic Committee, the local Chinese organizing committee, and, for example, for the soccer tournament, FIFA. And it's really the keen 
focus and integration of these organizations that allows these successfully to be done medically. And generally speaking, what are the most common injuries that you see? Like any other event that's large-scale sports, you have a wide variety of orthopedic injuries, lumps, bumps, lacerations, occasional head injuries, things like that. Well, how big of a team do you have at your disposal? Well, I think that there's a large number, just for example, for the soccer tournament in the Beijing Olympics, there are 16 male teams and 12 female teams, so we have 28 team physicians. And then each of those teams have one or two athletic trainers. And then each of the venues have at least one to five different physicians working at the venue. So we have a large team in each of the venues. Now, how much do you do on-site, or how much do you send to the local hospital? I think that in a large-scale event like that, you have to depend on your local organizing committee because many of the team physicians are unable to practice in that particular venue as a practicing physician. So they have to rely on the local organizing committee venue medical directors who are the liaison to the emergency medical services, neurosurgical, orthopedic surgical services, and whatever else they need. Do you actually have x-ray machines on the field there? There will be some stadia that do, in fact, have x-ray machines right there, but others do not. And do you determine who is assigned to what sport and what event specifically? For me, I don't make that determination as the medical officer for this event. There are other people who do that through the major International Olympic Committee for the U.S., the U.S. Olympic Committee, who make those determinations. As a director, this must take months to plan for this. In the major scale of the event, there are tremendous number of things in integration that have to be done between these organizations, the IOC, FIFA, other Olympic committees to really make this come off in a very successful way. If you have just joined us, you are listening to a special segment, Focus on Sports Medicine, on ReachMD XM157. I am your host, Dr. Mark Nolan Hill, and our guest is Dr. Bert Mandelbaum, practicing orthopedic surgeon and president of the Santa Monica Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Research Foundation in Santa Monica, California. Dr. Mandelbaum has also served as chief medical officer for the 1999 and 2003 Women's World Cup of Soccer. We are discussing the responsibilities of a chief medical officer at major sporting events. Dr. Mandelbaum, how closely do you work with the other individual team physicians from each country? We work very closely because you have to have a level of collaboration between other team physicians. From the standpoint of being a medical officer for a venue, you've got to work with several different team physicians. You have to integrate and help them understand what is going on in that venue, how they integrate into the local organizing committee. These become the important facets whereby everything from culture and language become extremely critical in being able to incorporate that into your practice of medicine. Well, let's talk about language. How do you communicate with the other physicians? Most of the meetings that get done where the planning of the events is done in meetings where there are simultaneous translators. And this is a very essential part of it. Obviously, being able to integrate between different languages and being able to keep the high level of medical expertise being communicated to one group and another is really essential. And we need simultaneous translation to help us do that. Now, I know in my field of general surgery, where you train in the United States sometimes determines how you approach a certain problem. Well, do you find that 
their approach of different countries and different physicians would differ in one area or another? You know, it's so different. Obviously, as you said, Dr. Hill, the practice of medicine from specialty to specialty, from location to location, and when you consider 211 countries and how people think, how culturally medicine is practiced, it may be from a very high level of medicine like the United States or Europe down to very simple levels in some other countries where I've had to deal with healers and other individuals like that. So there's a wide spectrum that culturally, geographically is very, very different. In view of your vast work to prevent anterior cruciate ligament injuries, are you ever asked in this venue to do any preventive work with the players? There have been times, and again, kind of in the background of many of these competitions, there's lots of time to spend with lots of athletes and other team physicians from around the world. And I must admit that in my past, this type of interrelationship between other team physicians has been very helpful. You know, for example, Birgit Prince, who is a captain of the German national soccer team, is actually a physical therapist and at various times have helped us in terms of how we interrelate with programs in Germany. I've also interacted with the Norwegians the same way. So having the opportunity and having the time within these athletic events to talk and discuss really helps us be able to implement these programs on a broader scale manner. I'm sure many of the physicians that are listening think this must just be a dream position. Are there any downsides to it? The downsides are that you spend a lot of time away from the office and family at times. But with those things put into perspective, it really is a great opportunity to see the world, to see different types of medicine, to see athletics at the highest level. So with that being said, I think there are some downsides, but in the big scheme of things are are fairly small. Are there ever any disagreements among the medical professionals? You know, at different times, I've only seen this happen a very few times amongst the medical professionals around the world. The esprit de corps that Olympic committees have and other sports committees, FIFA, everything is done very professionally and in a very collegial manner. And I almost have never have seen any significant disagreements in this regard. It must be overwhelming to be with these great athletes. What have you experienced in this regard? Personally, I've, ex- I've learned so much. I've learned about people. I've learned about how the world works. I've learned so much about myself as a physician. Looking at it from the micro right up to the macro, I, I, I have so many stories that I've told I really like, and it reminds me of the question that really triggers a memory that I had in the Olympics in 2004. And just after a tremendous game between the Australian men's soccer team and the Iraqi soccer team that I was overseeing, the Iraqi team won, and they were so joyful in their victory. They're going to the semifinals. And at the end of the night, doping control occurred, and we had to drive back to the same Olympic hotel in Crete, the island of Crete in Greece, and it was the American physician myself with the Iraqi team physician, the Iraqi administrator, and two Iraqi players. And as we were driving through the countryside in Crete, all of a sudden they were so happy they started to sing and then clap and sing and clap. And it was so contagious that I started singing and clapping, even though I had no idea of what they were doing and singing. And I said to myself, If anyone wanted to know what the Olympic spirit was about, this was it. Imagine an American and four Rockies driving through the Greek countryside at the Olympics, 
laughing and joking and not even being able to speak each other's language. Are there any concerns about terrorism? The State Department, the FBI, the, the CIA, and other international agencies are always concerned with these issues. And security is a major part of any organization for a world event such as an Olympics or a World Cup. I want to thank our guest, Dr. Bert Mandelbaum. We've been discussing the responsibilities of a chief medical officer at major sporting events. I'm Dr. Mark Nolan-Hill, and you have been listening to a special segment focused on sports medicine on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Be sure to visit our website at ReachMD.com, now featuring on-demand podcasts of our entire library. For comments and questions, please call us toll-free at 888-MD-XM-157. And thank you for listening. You have been listening to Focus on Sports Medicine, part of this month's special series on ReachMD-XM-157, the channel for medical professionals.